Uh, well, this morning uh, we have a special treat uh, on store. Uh, the Reverend Jack Jackson is here with us. Uh, Reverend Jack Jackson is the visiting professor of evangelism and world Methodism at United Theological Seminary up in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, he shared with us in a seminar yesterday a little bit about how we can share our faith, how we can be more confident in telling uh, what God has done for us to the people around us. And so we invited him to stick around for a Sunday. Sunday morning and to be able to share with us. And so we're excited that he's here, excited for uh, the message that he's uh, offering to us and, and for how it equips us and encourages us to be the people that God has called us to be. So if you would, uh, help me welcome Reverend Jack Jackson. Well, good morning, good people of Port Charlotte. I know Denville just said I'm from a I'm teaching up in Ohio, but we live in Orlando, and that's where I grew up. And we have actually, we're, we were in California for about 12 years where I was teaching at your United Methodist Seminary in Los Angeles. And now I've moved to another one of your United Methodist Seminaries, this one in Ohio, United. And then they were both great, and I'm really glad to be in Ohio with those good folks up there. And I, I just want to say I've had a wonderful time here the, the last day. You've got a great group of people, and I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. And some of those same people that were with us yesterday came back, and that's always a good sign. And... uh but I, I know you've been through a tough time between these hurricanes. If you're not here, a full-time resident, but if you're a full-timer, uh, I just know it's been hard. And we live in Orlando. We got the the remnants of Ian, and we got what was the Nicole that came the other direction. And we got Charlie really bad where I grew up, uh, what was it, 15 years, 17 years ago now. And I know Charlie was a, a mess here, too, so... So I just want to encourage you and applaud you, and uh, you're a flexible group of people, and that is a good thing for a church especially, and don't take that for granted. Uh, churches that can be flexible and move when times get tough, um, just kudos kudos to you, and know that you'll uh, continue to be in in my thoughts and prayers, and, and will continue to be so as you go through these hard decisions with the United Methodist Church in the future. I know those are big issues. Every United Methodist Church is uh, is going through this process of thinking about it, so... Peace be to you and, and blessings, and uh, I trust Denville and the staff will uh, lead lead you well through this this time. And and uh, you you really have a wonderful staff. I got to have dinner uh, with Reverend Farley's family last night. Got to have uh, breakfast yesterday with David and Donna Jean. I saw her back there uh, earlier, but I didn't get to, hey didn't get to say hi. And uh, and just met some of the other wonderful folks here. So and they've always spoken very highly of you. So blessings as you go forward into the future. So I get to teach a number of things, and I've been able to teach a number of things over the last 12 years. I was a pastor for 15 years in the Florida Conference before getting the degrees necessary to be able to teach at one of our seminaries, and it's a real privilege to be able to teach future clergy, not only of future United Methodists and future Global Methodist Church and future Lutherans come to our church, especially in Ohio. There's a lot of Lutherans up there. And uh, we get Episcopalians. We get all kinds of different people. It's just a pleasure to teach. And I typically will teach uh, Methodist history, Methodist theology, Methodist polity. And then my favorite subject, which is also the hardest subject, which is a term that I even I don't even use once the first day of class starts very much because the term is a term that a lot of Christians even and a lot of non-Christians really don't like. 
And it's this term called evangelism. But let me tell you, it's the heart of who we are. I don't know how to be a Christian and not be able to tell the story of Jesus and invite people into that life with him. And that's the essence of the E word. (laughs) I may not use that word again, but we can't avoid the idea. I want us to think about three passages today. I'm going to come down here to the to the front because I'm going to read parts of all of one, parts of two, and then I'll just talk about the third one. The first is from First Peter, and I think there's a, going to be a Bible study on. Did you say on Peter coming up? Sunday school class in June, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You are working ahead of time. I love it. Uh, so, so this is kind of my theme verse. And let me tell you, everything I talk about this morning, all the encouragement that I give to you, I'm giving to myself because this is a hard thing to do. I know it can be scary to talk about my faith. I have friends that, that, uh, that I struggle to share my faith with because I'm worried, oh, they're not going to like it and they're not going to like me. And it's hard. So everything that we talk about, just know I'm, I'm with you in it. But this is, this is Peter talking to the early church about how, how we can tell the story. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. And do this with gentleness and respect. As we're talking this morning, I'm going to remind you of two stories that you know, but two stories that none of us would know had they not been told. And had people not been told by God to go. We would not remember these stories if God hadn't told people to go and had they not go and told the story. And as we talked this morning, I want I would ask you to think back. Who are the people that told you the story of Jesus? Because you either read it or you saw it or you heard it. You did not get the story of Jesus by magic. You got the story because someone told you, or you read it, or you saw it. There are a few people, I've met some, for whom the Holy Spirit has shown up in a miraculous way that no one could explain, that no one could prepare for, and that they didn't even pray for. But they are very, very rare. Most people come to believe in Jesus because they first had many, many conversations and they heard the story many, many times. The first time we get a glimpse of this is in the birth of Jesus. So this is the story we read that you probably read or heard, whether you were here or somewhere else, a couple of weeks ago. This is the Luke the Luke 2 passage. And I, I may skip through some of this, but, but remember this, right? Jesus is born and then... In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now think to yourself, why would the angels come to just these shepherds? The angels could have come and told anybody. The angels came to these shepherds and said to them, do not be afraid. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. 
This is, will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom he favors. You've heard that story before, right? So the angel comes, or the angels, the multitude, we don't know how many the multitude, was it ten, was it a thousand, was it a million? It was a multitude. And let me tell you, when that many angels showed up, they weren't happy, those shepherds. They didn't think, oh, I'm glad these thousands of angels are with me. They were terrified. And the angel said one thing, go and find that child. And then the story keeps going. Then they went, after they saw Mary and Joseph, they went and they told others. And then there's the story that is today's story. This is Epiphany Sunday. Anybody know the story of Epiphany? What's the story of Epiphany? I heard somebody whispering, whispering. What is it? The wise men, right? The wise men. These astrologers who weren't Christians and they weren't Jews, we don't know what they were, they were astrologers. The astrologers see a sign in the sky. Something is new. Go to Bethlehem, follow the star. They go, they find the child, they worship him, they bring him gifts, and then another angel shows up in a dream. Don't go back to Herod. They had visited Herod because they wanted, they didn't have great Google Maps at that point. So they show up and they stop by Herod first. We've seen a sign in the sky. There's a child born. He's going to be king. Herod wants to know because he wants to be king. But they get a dream. And the angels show up again. Don't go see Herod. And they find a new way home. And that's our story today. There are people in your life who are never going to hear the story of God in Jesus unless we share that with them. And Peter says how to do it. Gently and respectfully. And let me say, if this is your, if this is your first Sunday here at the church, it's mine too. And it's all uphill from here because future Sundays you won't see me. It'll be Reverend Farley and he'll have a great message for you. And, uh, if this is your first time here, check it out. You may be here and just trying to think about Jesus. Is Jesus somebody I want to follow? Maybe you've heard the story of Jesus many, many times before, but you're still not sure. And maybe you heard the story of Jesus a long time ago and you said yes, but the Spirit is still working in your life and still inviting you to say yes again. And he's going to say, say yes tomorrow and yes next week and say it next week again. There's a story of uh, from one of my students. Uh, his name is John. I always change the name. And uh, to protect the innocent in my stories, but uh, but the rest of the story is basically true. He he had a very good friend, and they had grown up together, knew each other for many years, uh, got married to wives at about the same time. Their children grew up together. They were very good friends. They've been friends a long, long time. And John had been a Christian, been part of a church for a long, long time. But his his friend didn't grow up a church and didn't ever attend one and. What didn't believe in any kind of specific faith or any kind of community, Christian or otherwise. And, uh, and John had always been, he had felt a call to be a pastor and so that's why he was at school. But he had always wanted to be able to talk with his friend 
about what he believed. And in turn, he wanted to talk with his friend about the really deep things. They had been friends a long time, and they had talked about some deep things, but they had avoided other hard and deep conversations. Sometimes you know how that is. I know how that is. But he really wanted to be able to talk about his faith and in turn hear what his friend believed. But he felt awkward about bringing up the subject because the last thing he wanted to do is offend his friend and hurt their friendship. You know how that is. I know how that is. So he prayed. He prayed and prayed, God, make there be a day, open up a door sometime where it's obvious to me where I can walk into the conversation and so that we can talk about our faith. So he was praying that and they were hanging out one day, they were watching college football or doing something fun. That's my favorite thing. I know we have a... uh, a packer back here, but I'm a college football. We were, we were talking at dinner about various things, including University of Florida football, last night at dinner with, with Denville's kids, and all the way to nuclear fusion, and then back to Clemson football. It was a great, great conversation, and John was talking with his friend. They were watching football. And it came to one of the uh, commercial breaks, and his friend said to him, Hey, you know what? We've been friends for a long time, but you've never told me about your faith or your church or what you believe or why you go. Would you tell me? And John absolutely froze. (laughs) He was like, this is the time. This is what I've been praying for. I've been asking God, give me this moment. But he paused, and he couldn't get back to it. And we talked about it the next week in class because he had so much wanted to just share his story, not be manipulative, not coercive, not try to force somebody to make a decision that they didn't want to make, to just have a simple conversation about what they both believed. But he, he couldn't do it. So we talked some more and we, and uh, when we came back to class. This conversation about Jesus is one that we have to learn. I do find it interesting that the angels felt like they had to go share the story. Have you ever wondered about that? Why did the angels go and in their multitudes tell this story to the shepherds in the fields? There's very few other examples from the Bible where you get this idea of shepherds showing up to a ran- or an angel showing up to a random group of people and being so excited that they have to tell the story of whatever good news that had come. The Israelites have been freed. The, the, the river has been cut in half so that the, they could walk through and escape the Egyptians. Uh, They just don't have these kind of stories of the angels. But at this time with Jesus, they're so excited that they show up even to random people in the field and say, there is good news. Go and see it for yourself and then go tell others about it. In our lives, as we're going through this journey of, of life in faith and with Christ, there are going to be times where we have an opportunity to share the story of Jesus again and again and again. And most of us sitting in this room are going to be like most of the people outside. We're going to have various conversations or various times of thinking on our own, in private, in quiet, where we are asking the deep questions. 
Most people who have a real dramatic religious experience, Christian experience, they have that in private. They don't have it when they're in conversation, but it's the conversations that we have, it's the readings that we do that lead us to start thinking about how, what do I want to devote my life to? What can I give my life to? How can I be committed? And one of the hard things for us who who want to share our story is that we have to be willing to have multiple conversations with people multiple times. We were talking yesterday as we were talking about faith. When was the first time we asked this question? When was the first time you remember hearing about Jesus? When was the first time you remember actually really contemplating who Jesus was? And as I shared, as I was thinking in the last service, I actually need to change how I responded yesterday because the first time I really remember contemplating Jesus was when I was in like sixth grade. I was at my grandmother's house in Longview, Texas. I was spending a couple weeks with other family in Texas. We went down to see her, or I went down to see her, and I remember two things from that. She would die a few years later, but I remember two things from that visit. The first was that she made Hershey chocolate pie. And let me tell you, it was, it was Hershey for sure, and it was yummy. And, uh, and I remember, and that was wonderful. And I only remember one other thing. I remember the ride home from church that Sunday that I was there. Because we went to church, I don't have any idea what was said. I don't have any memory of the building. I don't have any recollection of any conversation or anyone I met that day until the car ride home. When she was in the front seat and I was in the back passenger side seat. And she told me, all I remember is this. I believe that story today. I believe this story of Jesus, that he loves you and he loves me. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't believe that story, but, but Nani believes it. And I remember hearing the story again a few years later when I got confirmed at the little Presbyterian church in Orlando that we were going to. And I remember saying the words and the affirmations. I remember saying what I said I believed, but I remember thinking to myself, I don't believe. But I had heard the story again, and I thought about Jesus. And I remember in high school, I thought about Jesus some more, but I didn't say yes. And I remember in college, my first couple of years, I only went to church a handful of times, including once. I only went one time my second year of college. It was Easter Sunday at a church there. I was feeling guilty, like maybe I should go to church. So I went to church on Easter Sunday, and we went through the entire liturgy, and we got to the point where they tell the story of Jesus again, where he rises from the dead, and I thought, this is crazy. And I walked out. I still have to repent of that sometimes. Um, but I did. And I remember walking chair to chair to chair because I just didn't believe it. And then about nine months later, a friend invited me for the third time to go to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes gathering at the beginning of my third year of college. And I said, yes, I really didn't know why, but I know they had free food. And so that was part of it, probably. And I went and I started realizing, well, these people aren't totally crazy. So I started hanging out with them. And I started to go to a Bible study. I still don't even remember why I said yes to go into a Bible study. But I went to a Bible study. 
And then some other things happened that year and life was really hard. And I remember for the first time I was confronted, either there is a God or there isn't. And either way, I need to make a decision. And I remembered the story that I'd heard from Nani. I believe that story. There is a good God and he loves me and he loves you. And I remembered that affirmation from confirmation. And I remembered the couple of times we went and that my parents dragged us every day in high school to church, but I didn't like it. And I remembered even the previous Easter when I walked out that there was a God who loved me and cared for me. And I kept hearing that story. (laughs) And eventually, I did actually believe. There are people in your life who have heard the story many times. There are people in your life who probably haven't heard the story many times at all. And you are God's best vessel to tell the story of Jesus. You do not have to tell it perfectly. You will not know it as well as Dr. De Silva knows it, the New Testament professor in your midst. But you know it. And if you need to learn a little bit more, learn a little bit more. But you probably already know enough to be able to say to that person in your life, when the time comes, I believe that story. There is a good God. There is a God who loves the world and loves you and loves me. And I've been willing to give my life to it. And if you want to follow him too, he's right here for you. I, I pray you will say yes when that door opens for you. Because if you ask for God to open that door, he will open it. There's good news for John. We, we, we talked about his story and when he didn't walk through the door. But a couple of weeks later, he was back with his friend again, watching football again. And once again, his friend said, hey, I asked you a couple of weeks ago about your, uh, why you believe what you believe and why you go to church. But we got talking about other stuff. His, his friend didn't know that he was nervous. His friend just thought they got sidetracked like we always do. But his friend said, you know, actually, I really would like to know what you believe. And that time, John walks through the door. The doors will open for you. The Spirit is the one the angels want more than you and me. They want to tell the story again. But they probably need you to tell that story too. God bless you. May God give you strength when those times come, walk through the door, and there will be blessings through you. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your good news. We thank you for your your love and your grace, which pours so abundantly in our lives that we don't deserve, but what you make so, so evident to us. For those of us who are here this morning and we're just considering Jesus, we're not sure we buy the story. I hope today will will help us take another step to, to keep looking, to keep pursuing, help all of us 
whether we believe this story or not, to be gentle and kind and humble and loving and graceful as we have all conversations that are hard and deep and personal. And uh, may we just care for each other in love. And especially when we talk about Jesus, may we model his love uh, in all of our lives, in our words and our deeds. Bless this community as they go forth. Help them to share the good news with others, even as they uh, continue to rebuild and, and grow in love in all things. It's in the name of, name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.